This is Jillian from San Francisco, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore because I have better things to do with my time. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to this very special episode 295 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore. And across from me, the lovely, talented, scholarly co-host of mine who's solving crimes in her part-time job, the lovely Brittany Page. Yeah, so breaking news. I <laughs> break I wish I had breaking news music. Yeah, we've spent a lot of time talking about the masturbating uh person <laughs> on on campus the on, maniac on the campus of, of 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 cal state fullerton yeah the guy who's always touching himself in the car in the parking garage the ever elusive masturbator yeah so i think that i found him i think that <laughs> here's here's what happened so i was walking to the parking garage and i was waiting for the elevator. Actually, I walked up right as the elevator was opening and a guy walked into it and I was on the phone and I am not someone who talks on the phone around other people. Yeah, that's fucking rude. Yeah. So he went on the elevator and it wasn't busy at all. So I knew that I would be able to get the next elevator and be by myself and talk as loud as I wanted to on the phone. So I hang back. Blah, 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 blah. So I hang back while he walks into the elevator and I'm on the phone and I'm waiting for the door to close so I can walk over and push the button again. And I see him as the door starts to close, put his hand in front of the door and stop it. And it opens again. And I look at the door thinking, okay, that's weird i don't maybe maybe he did on accident i don't know so i'm waiting for the door to close again waiting it starts to close a second time he puts his hand out stops it from closing and it opens again another how much time has gone by now well however long it takes for the elevator doors to close right it's several seconds it's not quick Maybe 30 seconds and but he's taking time out of his day yes and so i'm wondering what the hell's going on at this point do you hear any bill o'reilly noises coming from the elevator no him jerking off in there no 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 no. okay okay and then he does it a third time (laughs) please stop (laughs) he does it a third time no moaning or groaning. No. And he, finally he puts his head out and he says to me, are you, are you wanting to come up? And I said, uh, yeah, I'll get the next one. <laughs> Did you say it in that quintessentially Brittany Page tone? I might have because I was very creeped out. Because now also he's inter- interrupting your conversation. Well, why is he desperately trying to get me on the elevator with him? So should we drop the... The bomb here, the the, the completely anticlimactic bomb. 
You didn't really catch the, the the serial masturbator. No, I just suspect that this was him. But yeah, you just have you've built it up in your mind that this is the guy. Yeah, that I encountered him when he was trying to <laughs> force me onto the elevator with him. He peeks just his head out and he's like, "Hey, uh, I got a good one going in here. You want to come in and check me out?" Yeah. I- <laughs> It was very strange. I mean, maybe he's just the nicest guy in the world, was Come trying on. to accommodate me. Well, see, that's kind of the problem of living in an area like Southern California, uh-huh. where well, tonight it happened, where there was someone around our driveway mm-hmm. whom we were not with whom we were not familiar. Yes. And after two we, men. Yeah, we, we drove by. You said to me, it's kind of a bummer that because I don't know them, my first instinct is to mean mug them, to let them know this house isn't the one to fuck with. <laughs> that I, I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of what you said. Yeah. yeah I, well, Rather my, than just be, hey, folks, how are you? Yeah, I said that it's sad that that the impulse isn't to just be like friendly to a a stranger that's in your space. Because people are dicks and they will try to take advantage when they can. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really unfortunate way to look at the world, I think. And it makes me sad even hearing you say that. Unfortunate, but unfortunately necessary. Yeah. And I don't think it, I mean, I think it needs to be a balance for sure. Because if you do walk around like that all the time, then you are not going to be a happy person. You're not going to be, but you need to be vigilant. For one, our funny little thing we were just talking about kind of fizzled when I, I fucking stepped on my dick here and made it serious. Yeah, you did. Between the two of us, first of all, you're not an unhappy person or, or angry or unapproachable. You're not at all. No, 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 no. But between us, I am the, yeah, I give somebody the, the benefit of the doubt. I'm a nice guy. I mean, I play the asshole on the show. Uh-huh. But I really am, a, you know, an approachable, friendly type of guy. Yeah. And I didn't have that thought. I did like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. But I didn't think I better let them know that I'm not the one to fucking trifle with. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's an old Western. Yeah. I don't know. I I think that... As I think some of this is your childhood training kind of coming back, where trust no one, everyone's out to take advantage of you kind of a thing. And it kind of bleeds in. Well, I... Again, I don't think that I'm like that, so I don't know what's happening right now, but... Um, <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I prefaced it by saying you're not that person, but every once in a while, you get weary of of strangers or people you don't know and it becomes kind of a concern. Well, I think women especially yeah, maybe that's it. have to feel like that. Yeah, and yeah. so when a guy is like aggressively trying to get me on the elevator, yeah, rather I, than I, rather than automatically thinking, "Oh, he's just trying to accommodate me." My sure. thought is, "Okay, he's trying to rape me." <laughs> yeah, no, no, listen. We, here we are once again at this intersection where I don't think in that context because I don't have to think. I have the privilege of being six foot three, 265 pounds, and being able to readily physically protect myself, I don't have to think about that. And that's a privilege on my part. And you don't have that privilege. Well, and then with the guys that were like cleaning the mirror on their 88 Honda Prelude in the driveway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if I don't know who someone is and they're parked in front of my 
home yeah. and they're cleaning the mirror of their 88 Honda Prelude. While whistling suspiciously. Yeah. <laughs> and smoking and look, I don't know. It was a weird situation. Yeah, so there's, yeah. there's situations where it's, you're trying to read it and you're, you're balancing the situation because you don't want to react unnecessarily yeah, negative yeah. to the situation. I slam the car in park and jump out. Hey, what the fuck's going on here? And listen, with that, with the elevator, I, when that happened, it was minor. I just said, yeah, I'm, I'll take the next one. Please stop. <laughs> Did you say this? Uh, proceed. Yeah, I should have said that. Um, <laughs> That's your, the patent in Brittany page. But my concern, I wasn't literally fearful or anything like no, that. No, but it I is, just, it has to be I was just, in the back of your mind. It was strange. Sure, sure. And it rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, but it is those types of things that have to, it, it does structure how you react in situations like that. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, you're, you're also making my childhood sound like the Hunger Games. No, 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 no. I, no, I'm not. No. Trust no audience, one. You're out for yourself. No, but I think there is a there is a component of that that was certainly kind of drilled into you guys uh-huh. as kids. Uh-huh. I'm not saying that you were like indoctrinated into this, you know, fucking post-apocalyptic life yeah. and understanding of the world. Right. But certainly it was, uh, that guy's up to something. Yeah. I think my parents blamed... More suspect. I think my parents blamed it on being from California. Like, they were very right. confused when the neighbors brought over cookies and things when like we first moved in. Like a housewarming gift, yeah. Yeah, my mom threw them away because she thought that something was... <laughs> Right. In them, so I'm not or she totally didn't know. out of bounds. That was kind of an example. And yeah, but that's paranoid stuff. That I mean, that's like. So you would eat food on if, the deep if, end. If neighbors you didn't know brought it over right now. You'd be like, oh yeah, get down on those fucking. Which cookies. neighbor? See <laughs> exactly. Well, I've gotten to know them. No, you didn't. You said neighbors that you didn't know. What if neighbors moved in next door? We don't know them. Okay, I don't think it's going to be something to hurt me, but I don't know their. Lo- How many cats do they have? <laughs> That's my main concern. Is it a cat household? All right, all right. Yeah, Are the cats it. allowed to run around in the kitchen? I get it. I get it. Did the cats get on the counter? All right, we've got a lot of voicemails. We actually have two voicemails and a lot of emails. I had him a survey to, to take. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with a Trump call. Hello, Brittany. Hello, Jesse. Uh, this is Christopher calling in from Minnesota. Um, I wanted to talk about the most amazing thing I ever saw uh, over the weekend, uh, which was, I mean, I've been up the weekend, maybe been a couple days ago, but uh, anyways, I was watching Don Lemon on CNN, and he was having his typical surrogates, and I had mentioned before that I don't like seeing these Trump surrogates that are being, that are very, you know, disingenuous, very dishonest, um, being on there because they just will say whatever it takes to get on there. Uh, and to push their agenda. Um, however, I saw the most amazing thing on Down Lemon where, uh, they had talked about Trump's, Trump's trips to Mar-a-Lago and, uh, comparing it to Obama's trips during his first 80 days. And it made the conclusion that, you know, obviously Obama had not taken a single trip to anywhere at all during his first 80 days. And Trump has taken 17 now. Um, and in the the cost of the trips was about twenty three million dollars. 
So out of our taxpayer money, we've always spent $23 million that could have been spent for better uses. Um, you know, that could have been helped for whether it be health care, that could be used for education, that could have been used for infrastructure spending, that could have been used for many, many different things. And, and already he has spent more money than Obama in a very, very short amount of time. So in terms of the first 80 days. Um, uh, so I was looking, watching it, and I was watching how, like, these uh, Trump circuits were doing the best they can to try to, you know, walk around this this tightrope of, of excuses and trying to spin the, uh, you know, spin their uh, their agenda however they could. And I was very proud of CNN, especially Don Lemon, for holding them accountable, saying that you cannot make excuses. It discredits you every time you do this because it's they're showing the videotape right then and there. They're showing how false you're saying and that you can't even stay on the topic about what we're talking about shows that you're incapable of being honest and it discredits you entirely. That was the word that Don Lemon used and everyone else was using that was exactly what they needed to say. Discredit. I was like, go get him, man. I was so happy seeing that because it's it's about time, long overdue, uh, for them to put them in their place in regards about being honest, you know, following your facts, just not say, saying anything you can say, just to push your agenda across. Um, it's It was overwhelming uh, watching it. And cut off. Three minutes. All right, listen. Um, first... I want to play a clip of something that happened on Don Lemon because this brings it's a great opportunity to talk about really how Don Lemon's show has changed over the course of the last year, year and a half, and how I really appreciate it now because he is he's kind of in the game now of calling people out, not letting bullshit go by. But before we do that, I want to talk about some facts here that Christopher talked about that are not right. Uh, and that's about the travel. First of all, the, the trips that Donald Trump has taken, I think the trips that are in question are the ones to Mar-a-Lago. And those are about $3 million a piece. And the estimate right now is about $23 million. However, Christopher, you saying that Obama didn't do any traveling in the first 80 days is just, just patently false. That's not true. He made actually a lot of trips they just weren't vacation-type trips down to a fucking vacation home. Yeah, the New York Times just did an analysis that they released um, April 16th, I think. And they said President Trump has taken fewer trips in a more limited travel radius than most than his most recent predecessors. He has rarely strayed far from the White House or his Mar-a-Lago retreat in Palm Beach, Florida. And they compare month by month. So in January... Trump took one domestic trip to Pennsylvania and Obama and Bush no trips in January right. in the in the very first which would have been the last 10 days of the month right and yeah. then in February Trump took two domestic trips to Florida and South Carolina so Florida doesn't count because that's vacation time South Carolina would be a campaign rally uh, still really not counting Obama took six domestic trips and one international trip 
Right. That's compared with Bush's nine domestic trips and one international Keep, trip. Keeping in mind that these domestic trips that these other presidents, George W. Bush and Obama took, they're not campaign rally trips because it is insane and unprecedented that Donald Trump that Donald Trump is taking trips to states to have campaign rallies only a month or two after having won the election. That's not normal. Yeah. And George W. Bush didn't do that. And either did Obama. And then for March, Trump uh, has four domestic trips, Virginia, Florida, Michigan, and Tennessee, and Kentucky. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute. That math is wrong. Um, maybe, maybe. oh, Michigan and Tennessee were on the same day? Mm. I don't know. Part of the same trip. Obama, two domestic trips, one foreign trip. Bush, 10 domestic trips. And then April, Trump, no trips. So they must not be counting Mar-a-Lago because he's going to Mar-a-Lago all the time. Yeah. Obama, two international trips um, and Bush, two domestic trips. So Obama traveling much more. Yeah. Uh, same with Bush. Obama and Bush traveling much more. But it's in the capacity of the office. Maybe they're probably not counting Mar-a-Lago then. Yeah. Because it's, in, it, it's within the capacity of the office that you need. Look, you're the president of the nation. You need to get out there. And represent. That's a, exactly. You need to get out there and represent, son. <laughs> and uh, Donald Trump's not doing that. He's a lazy fuck. Who He's sits, tired. Who's in the White House watching the news shows. And then in his robe, can't wait to get to the links to leave on a Thursday to go to Mar-a-Lago so we can golf all goddamn weekend and, his and deny doing so. Sexy, sexy robe. So anyway, Christopher, that, that's the deal. And let me get to this this Don Lemon thing, because I also like like the caller, Christopher, really appreciate Don Lemon. Uh, the other day he had and it, we did. This is a story we pushed last episode and again, didn't get to. But he had Jeffrey Lord that thumb-faced freak on the show just made that up hopefully that catches on you <laughs> you held up your thumb yeah, and then a light bulb went off you got an idea well, no it's because every time i see him on tv i just want to fucking press my thumb right into his face because you know when i'm sitting on the couch uh-huh. my thumb covers his face yeah who's a thumb-faced freak mm. anyway this is so good Relative to healthcare, he said M, he said D Donald Trump was the Martin Luther King Jr. of healthcare. And he was on a panel with several people of color, and Don Lemon held his fucking feet right to the fire, and he squirmed and had the audacity to push back. You have uh, three people you work with, right? You work with Bakar, you work with me, you work with Simone. Three people of color. And Selena said, no, 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 and, and no. Selena, no, 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 let, I, let I me get the point out, let me get the point out. We are telling you that that comparison was insulting, and you're ignoring it. Um, don't you think you should take that well, into consideration, you know, whether I, or not I you're trying to make a point like or not, even if it's to the point that if Don, I offended you, Don, I'm sorry. Don, Don, when I lived as a teenager in the South and my dad lost his job standing up for a black waitress. You're not answering my question now. You're not answering my woman. question in the moment. Don't take question, me back Don. to some before the war crap. I want to hear Don, what you're saying Don, to the coworkers you work with now, Jeffrey. Answer the question, question now. I don't want to hear about fixed, stuff from 50 darn damn years Don. ago. I want to hear now Don. to the coworkers, to the people of color you work with on this network every no single day color, who are offended by your remark. Stop You're not it. listening to us. Like Don. Come on. Come on. This isn't right. This is not moral. 
We don't judge people by color in this country. That is racist. It's Jeffrey, wrong. Jeffrey, let me tell you something. Let me, let me, if you let me, think we don't judge people by color. Let me tell you something. Every single day, every single day I walk out of my house, I am a black woman, Jeffrey. I don't have the luxury of saying I don't see color. Every single day I walk out of my house, someone sees me as a black woman. Regardless of how I see myself, I'm a black woman. Don is a black man. Bakari is a black man. You have the luxury of walking out of the house and just being an American. You don't have to think about it. You do not have to think about it. And that, my friend, is a position of privilege. And so at the end of the show, actually, it's even better. I don't have the clip here because I'm a big time professional. But at the end of the show, Don Lemon tries to once again and ends up just cutting the mic and saying, all right, we're done. We're done. It is idiotic for, I mean, I'm not going to analyze what went down on the show there, but I think it's great that Don Lemon is in a position now and really using his voice to do things like this, especially to these asinine Donald Trump surrogates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for the call, Christopher. We appreciate it. Let's move on to Brittany. And then we'll get to some emails. Hey, guys, Brittany from Mississippi here. Um, So I had to call and say it. I haven't called in in a little while. Haven't had anything to say in a little while. Bill O'Fucking-Riley is gone. I mean, I'll admit, honestly, I mean, if we're being really honest here, um, I am a little shocked. I figured that maybe they would put him on one of those fake leave of absence kind of deals for a while while they investigated and you know whatever however they do that uh but it's a good day when bill o'reilly doesn't have a camera and a microphone anymore um my poor parents are running out of things to watch it's all they have left i think now is fox and friends (laughs) oh god damn anyway i couldn't help myself just had to call in and 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 get a good chuckle out of it Love the show, of course, and we Britneys are always the best part. Bye, guys. Love the show. Britney's the best part. Bye. Yeah, so Bill O'Reilly's fired. Fired. Mm -hmm. And again, like we talked about last time, it is at the hands of the younger uh, Murdochs. I almost called them Ruperts. Well, it's, (laughs) it's also because he was losing money, so. Yeah, but I mean, the decision came down from the younger you know the the younger sons who will be running the company into the future. Uh, what I what I estimate probably happened, like I talked about last time, is that Rupert Murdoch he realizes he's a little little long in the tooth. He's not long for this world, and at some point the kids are going to have to start making decisions. And he left this decision for them, and they're you know they they understand obviously it was probably a profit driven decision, but also I think it's that they want to change the culture. I hope God I hope. That it's they want to change the culture around the company, and because it's not good, it, it's clearly not good. Um, since we're here, uh, let's let's play this clip that I have. We were going to talk about this in the in in the Dollamocracy segment, but yeah, we're we're here. Um, Kristen Powers is a political um, commentator who used to work for Fox News for many years, and now she has migrated over to CNN. And she recounted a tale with Anderson Cooper about something that happened while she was working for Fox News and specifically for the Bill O'Reilly show. You obviously used to work at Fox as a political analyst. You were on Mm -hmm. O'Reilly's program all the time. I'm wondering what your reaction is to today's announcement. 
Well, I mean, I think that it's it's stunning because Bill O'Reilly was Fox News. He had so much power there, and it was sort of unthinkable that he would ever leave there except on his own terms. And I did his show regularly um, for a long time, and you know, I, I was thinking about an, an incident that had happened early on in my career there, where I was on air actually with Margaret Hoover, who's at CNN now, uh, on a regular segment. We were on every Monday, and he got Margaret's name wrong, and Margaret said, "Hey, get my name right," and he said oh, I'm sorry, there's a lot of blondes in this operation. I can't keep you all straight. Megyn Kelly's coming up, starts throwing all these blonde names. Um, and then at the end of the segment says, thank you for your blondness to both of us. So I went to his executive producer and I said, um, he needs to apologize and he needs to never do that again um, or I'm not doing his show anymore. And I was told basically, well, you know, Bill, there's nothing we can do about it. He's a throwback. He's kind of an Archie Bunker. And I said, well, if you mean he's a Neanderthal, then we're on the same page. He can never do that again. I'm a political analyst here. Went to Bill, came back, said, no, he's not going to apologize. So then I went to my, my, I was called into my boss's office. I was told, what can we do? It's Bill. There's nothing we can do. Um, you know, we're sorry this happened to you, but there's nothing we can do. I complained to Roger Ailes. I was told the same exact thing. There's nothing we can do. It's Bill. He's a jerk. Nobody likes him. Uh, and then Roger said, you know, Bill, he likes to put up uh, p dirty pictures and ask pretty girls to talk about them. And so the whole thing was sort of Bill. Oh, and then he said, you know, and, you know, what am I going to do? I don't like him, but he makes so much money, there's nothing I can do. That was wait, the wait, culture. Wait a minute, who, who was it who said that? Roger Ailes. Um, and so this was the culture, which was Bill was, you know, just too big, and so that there was nothing you could do about it. So I did quit his show, and I didn't do it for two or three years. This was an election year. This is the biggest show at Fox. And, um, and then about three years later, I went back, and I said, look, I'm willing to give this another try. And I, he said, sure, and I came on the show. And I never had another problem. We actually ended up having quite a good relationship. Um, but it just, it just spoke volumes that I had to completely handle it on my own, that there was nobody that was willing to even say anything to him, just to basically say you can't treat one of our political analysts this way. Thank you for your blondness, which is, look, I can't imagine being a woman and working every day a full-time gig in the building in that atmosphere. It's terrible. Well, it, it's funny to me because there's a lot of liberal men that I've talked to who mock the blonde women at Fox News. Oh, and say yeah. They, they we, can't tell them apart. We've and... talked about that, that meme that's out there with like 16 or 20 panels yeah. of, of, of blonde women. And of course, there are women that work at Fox News that are blonde, that are vapid. Okay, that's a thing. Just like there's brunettes that are. Exactly. Um, so it's it's interesting to hear Bill O'Reilly treating them like that when I've heard that from everyone. So Yeah. I well, I mean, it's it's shitty. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. It's also unfortunate that she felt that Bill O'Reilly was such a force that she couldn't say anything and that no one felt that they could say anything and everyone just had to kind of well that's that's bill right well it's it, and it, like she said that is a relatively minor story but yeah yeah well it's it, roger ailes if you have to go to roger ailes who also is doing this now in retrospect we know that i'm sure he was just covering it up well that's just what we do here you know little lady you're lucky you're not getting accosted by him mm -hmm. in the process of reporting Bill O'Reilly. So Bill O'Reilly released a statement. 
Over the past 20 years at Fox News, I have been extremely proud to launch and lead one of the most successful news programs in history. That's which the way, is that's the way to start it. Just start bragging. Which has consistently informed and entertained millions of Americans and significantly contributed to building Fox into the dominant news network in television. It is tremendously disheartening that we part ways due to completely unfounded claims. But that is the unfortunate reality many of us in the public eye must live with today. I will always look back on my time at Fox with great pride in the unprecedented success we achieved and with my deepest gratitude to all my dedicated viewers. I only wish the best for Fox News Channel. You know, it's interesting. Um, Dave Rubin, who is like a YouTube guy, he's he has uh, the Rubin Report on, on YouTube. And he had a tweet today that was just what the this weird reaction. And as I'm trying to find it, I'll stall here. And he says, I don't know what Bill O'Reilly did or didn't do, but the rejoicing of the destruction of public people is becoming increasingly dangerous. So he's more concerned about, quote unquote, the destruction of Bill O'Reilly, who's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. He's going to be okay. He's more concerned about that. Than he is about the women whose careers were ostensibly destroyed after they did not uh, take the advances well, his his sexual advances, mm-hmm. and they were cut off from contact with the show. Their roles on his program were ended after they didn't receive him well. Right. What about them? What about the 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 unnamed African American woman who is now saying that? He would. She was just like a clerical person, and he would harass her, calling her hot chocolate and shit. This is a terrible fucking person. Nothing. Nothing's wrong here. Crying out for justice, and him ended up getting fired isn't a bad thing. Yeah, and I, I understand the impulse of people to have a negative reaction to the public shaming that goes on on social media. But a lot of times people really are innocent victims in that or relatively innocent victims like the Justine Sacco. Sure, right. uh, Who tweeted the joke while she was on a plane to Africa and then she lost her job and she became hated on social media. But there's a lot of situations where people do bad things. Sure, and this is one of them. And that comes out. And. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not shedding any fucking tears for Bill O'Reilly. And he and he wasn't taken to court. Right. He hasn't been found guilty. And right. so I think that's another thing that people take issue with. And I understand that. I I, I had a similar feeling when um, Aaron Hernandez hung himself today. And I saw posts on social media kind of celebrating his suicide. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was weird. <laughs> a weird thing for someone to take to Facebook and, and, and praise his suicide, even though he's a terrible person. I don't know. There's weird things that go on on social media. And, and I think it is an interesting conversation to have because, yeah. because it, your, your initial human instinct is to be very angry and to endorse these things 
But then you kind of take a step back and and look at the humanity of people. And a lot of these situations are sad, right? And I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. No, 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 no. I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I just, I'm, I'm kind of on the other side of it. If, if I thought it would be productive, I would say how I feel about the Aaron Hernandez thing. I don't give a fuck that he's dead. It doesn't, uh, I don't shed a tear. It's tragedy all the way around. Right, so that's different. I feel bad for his family who are completely innocent in this. Again, so that not caring, because I don't, I don't care no, either. No, no, that's what I said. And if, not shedding a tear. If I thought it was productive, I'd be out there too. Right, but, so. But it's not productive. Yeah, so not shedding a tear and not caring is very different than, ha ha, fuck that guy. Woo, he should have been killed sooner. No, well, I feel I, that. No, I feel that in my heart. I feel that. But I just, it's not productive to to put that out there. Yeah, it's weird yeah. to me. That impulse is very strange to me. Huh. I, I don't know. It, it seems real natural to me. But To open your Facebook and update no, 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 the no, no. status and celebrate no. people's... No, that doesn't seem natural to me. But the emotion seems supernatural to me. It's the same thing with the, the guy shooting the guy in the face on Facebook Live and everyone sharing this video. I have no interest in seeing that yeah, video. me either. I would never share that video. I didn't even see it. I'm not going to watch it. that video. Yeah. I, th- there's a lot of strange impulses that come alive with social media and it's kind of freaky it's it's a little scary (laughs) i agree no i agree for sure oversharing oversharing i don't know take a beat and really think about what you're saying i don't know does this need to be said is this productive in some way those are two pretty good questions to ask before you do something yeah and listen i'm not I am happy that Bill O'Reilly received consequences for his behavior. I think he's gone his whole life. Obviously, look at his statements. He's only focusing on the fact that he was so successful. He hasn't received any... Well, he's still denying that anything happened. Right. So this is a consequence for him. And he might not look at it that way. I don't know. But it is. And this could also be beneficial for people like him to see, oh, shit, there could be consequences to what I'm doing, even though I'm a powerful person. Yeah, right. If if Bill O'Reilly can catch the the shitty end of the stick, so can I. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. No, it's I. I, I like this when shit just happens like this, and we we have super uh, extemporaneous, you know, unplanned discussions. It's good. We went a little long. Do we have voicemails we can hold over until next episode? Mm-hmm. I mean, emails. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do that then. All right. Well, let's 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 do that. <laughs> Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Sheila. Sheila. Najee. Najee. And Robin. Robin. Awesome. All new Patreon and PayPal supporters. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. It is awesome. Things are happening and it is really, really good. 
Uh, I do want to say we're almost at the end of the month here. We've actually turned the corner, and now it is we're closer to the end of the month than we we are the beginning. So if you haven't gone in, if you're a a a patron already on Patreon, go in and update your pledge from per episode to monthly because we are approaching the end of the month. Anyway, that's it. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Uh, good things are on the way. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. All right. Let's talk about some congressional races. Last night, for you, two nights ago, John Ossoff was in a special election in Georgia running against a slew, we'll just say that, a whole bunch of people, and he ended up with just under 50%. He needed 50% plus one to to win the, the election, the special election. But because there were so many people, you need a, a, a majority of the vote, and he didn't end up with that. There was some hanky shit, but I'm not going to get conspiratorial. He lost. Now there's a, a runoff election against him and a woman by the name of Handel, who is the Republican, and that will happen in June. Donald Trump tweeted some ridiculous shit about how it was a win for the Republicans when John Ossoff bested the four top Republicans in percentage of vote. In no way was this a win for the Republicans. In any way to look at it, it is not a win. Mitt Romney won this district by 20 points in 2012. It just wasn't. So we look forward to that. We'll follow up on that. And the other news is that Jason Chaffetz, the House Oversight Committee chairman, the man from Utah who said he wasn't going to support Donald Trump because how can I look my daughter in the face after he grabs pussies? And then two days later, decides he's going to support Trump and vote for Trump. The coward, Jason Chaffetz, has decided he is not going to run for office next time. I think he should worry about the people who make this a lifetime career. I just don't think that's healthy. Those comments coming this morning following a big announcement from Representative Representative, rather, Jason Chaffetz, he says that he will not run for re-election in 2018, creating an open seat for Utah's 3rd District. Chaffetz says the decision is largely based on his family, but political specialist Lad Egan sat down with him to get more on his future. I'm here with uh, Representative Jason Chaffetz. Big news today. Tell me about your decision. Well, we spent a, a couple months uh, uh, thinking about our future, my wife and I and our kids, and I just turned 50 and, and uh, you know, kind of came to the conclusion we need to go a different direction. We, I've been very blessed to serve, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm 50. I'm sleeping on a cot in my office. I've spent more than 1,500 nights away from my family, and I happen to love my wife and adore our kids, and, and I've been blessed to serve uh, as either a campaign manager, a chief of staff to the governor, a, a candidate and then a member of Congress for what ends up being about 13 plus years. And so um, it's just, 
time to get in, serve, and get out and, and make a change. I'm just not going to run in 2018. What about 2020, the governorship here in Utah? Well, like I don't want to close the door or open the door on anything. I think anything's a possibility. I've yeah. talked about uh, potentially things. wanting to do that. It would be an honor to, to serve there. But um, first things first, I just you know I make this announcement, and then we'll make a transition and and then we'll see where the winds take us. Maybe I do it, maybe I don't. Um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be coy about it. I'm just saying I think it's good to get in, serve, get out, um, uh, refresh, uh, and get back to my roots, which is in the private sector. Your predictions for your seat in Congress, who, who could step in? Well, look, there are a number of good people who are willing to serve. And part of the reason you do it so early is so that they can get the finances together, get their policy positions together, and see if they have enough um, of a grassroots support in order to put together a viable campaign. And there are a lot of people that could do this. Uh, there are, it'll be interesting to see who steps up and says they want to consider it. But I'm not the only person that can do this job. Will it stay in Republican hands? Oh, I think so. This is Democrats will try to make hay, but this is, this is Utah, not fantasy land. And uh, Republicans, I, I've, the last four elections in a row, I've won by the widest margin of anybody else running at this level. And uh, nearly 70% of this vote comes out of Utah County, which is very strongly in Republican hands. So I have no doubt that a Republican uh, will win and win handily. When he says Utah County and Republicans, he means Mormons is what he means there. So we had his opponent who's still running for Congress, just against an unknown opponent now, Kathy Allen on a bonus episode. If you haven't listened to that, you should go back and check that out because although I do think it's a long shot to win in this district because it is heavily, heavily Latter-day Saint, very heavily Mormon, um, if she plays her cards right and runs a smart campaign uh, tying whoever she ends up running against to Donald Trump, she will have a far better chance. So that is something that happened this week. The other news is a little disappointing relative to Democrats. And that's the Kim Weaver, the woman who's running against Steve King, the racist white nationalist Steve King that we've talked about from Iowa. It has come out that his opponent, Kim Weaver, uh, is some kind of an internet psychic who ran like a website, she calls herself a life coach, but she did it under the guise of some psychic power. Well, in my book, that's a fucking fraud. She's a scam artist taking innocent people's money who believe in the 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 bullshit. Well, it was only $4 a minute. $4 a minute. These people are giving up their hard-earned money to be scammed, to be lied to. And she's... She's the only credible Democrat they could get to run against Steve King. Mm -hmm. Look, we had planned to have her on the show. I'm not fucking having this lady on the show now. Um, that's, that's in, She's a charlatan. In a recording that was obtained, she performed a tarot card reading Ugh. to reassure a distraught woman that her missing husband was not dead. So she's one of these. She's a fucking piece of shit and essentially this is what's going to happen. Unless some other Democrat steps into the race, Steve King is going to win another, another term in Congress. So she said that it 
it, the psychic thing never amounted to anything more than a hobby and that she didn't really actually do anything. Well, we know that it was all for entertainment purposes. Did I make a living from it? No, definitely not. The thing is she might feel that way now. She might've even felt that way while she was doing it, but the people that she was talking to and interacting with, right? How about the lady with the missing husband? They didn't know that they were paying you $4 a minute and they were distraught and they were coming to you because they needed help. Yeah. And that's what you chose to do. Yeah. Fuck her. It is a bummer. She's a charlatan. She's no different than John Edward. She's no different than Sylvia Brown. That woman who said that, uh, that, uh, Amanda Berry was dead. I've been to in the a family. I've been in a Twitter battle with John Edward. Yeah, you have. <laughs> good times. Who's another one who said it's a good thing you're pretty? Fucking jerk off. Well, I I did say some not nice things because he was telling a woman on Twitter about her dead pet <laughs> and and what it was saying to her. And I feel bad for these people. People right. can people can say they're dumb or whatever they want to say about the people that, that do this, but it's real to them. Yeah, and a lot of them are grieving. They're in grief. And they're being taken advantage of. Yes. Yeah. And it's very sad. Yeah. So if you're gonna talk smack about somebody, talk smack about John Edward and the people who do this to to people who are emotionally fragile. And Kim Weaver. And to con- congressional candidate. $4 a minute. <laughs> it always boils down to the cash for Brittany Page. She also did email readings. Uh, come ten, on. 10 to $15. Come on. So how, do, how does that work? Does she, instead of just naming things, does she like look at your email address and then look Touch you up it, on Facebook? Touches the screen. Really, it makes it easier for her because she can do research on you. Of before course. responding yeah, to you. Yeah, of course. Ugh. God damn. All right. Well, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to a little Trump news. Ivanka Trump, listen, it's no surprise to anybody that the, the, the Trump family is using the White House as a mechanism, as an ATM. They are using their influence and their connection to world leaders to enrich themselves. And it's only now becoming even more evident. Ivanka Trump once again faces questions about whether she is personally profiting from her White House role. The Associated Press reports the Chinese government granted her company three new trademarks on April 6th. Hours later, she dined with the Chinese president at her father's Mar-a-Lago resort. Jan Crawford shows us how the president's daughter has struggled to settle concerns over potential conflicts of interest. Jan, good morning. Good morning. So Ivanka Trump no longer runs her company, but she still is its owner and stands to profit from those Chinese trademarks. During the Mar-a-Lago dinner, Ivanka Trump sat three seats away from President Xi Jinping. Her daughter, Arabella, even serenaded the Chinese leader and his wife in Mandarin. There is no evidence the trademarks are part of any quid pro quo, but the potential for a conflict of interest is there, according to George W. Bush's former chief ethics lawyer. Because our Constitution prohibits a United States government officeholder from accepting presents from foreign governments. Uh, So these trademarks are going to have to be looked at very carefully to make sure 
that they are routine trademarks. Trademarks protect brands from copycats and ripoffs. CBS News has learned Ivanka Trump's company filed at least eight trademark applications in China last year. Welcome. Trump is immensely popular in the country, and other businesses have been trying to profit from her name, says company president Abigail Clem. In a statement, Clem said, it is our responsibility to diligently protect our trademark. Trump's attorney added, Ivanka has had no involvement with trademark applications submitted by the business. I have no involvement in its management and its oversight. And its Ivanka Trump position. stepped down in January. Today, she told CBS I, this I morning's Gail King she left behind safeguards. I think by saying no deals with foreign governments, by saying that any new deal that's being looked upon has to run through an independent ethics council. So I create a tremendous discipline that allows my team to continue to do their jobs, um, but do so in a very restrained fashion. Still, Trump's company has reaped from benefits from her White House ties. When Kellyanne Conway plugged Trump's product line in February. Go buy it today, everybody. You can find it online. Traffic to Trump's website jumped 814 percent over its pre-inauguration average. Now, that free commercial by Conway also increased sales on another website list. As for those new trademarks in China, they reportedly will clear the way for Ivanka Trump's jewelry, bags, spa services, all to be sold in a nation with more than 1.3 billion people. Gail? All right. Thank you very much, Jan. So let me let's let's put this in perspective that your average everyday American can understand. Ivanka Trump applied for her trademark last year. Within one year, she was granted trademark of her name for spa and fucking bags and jewelry, all her trash that she sells. To put this in perspective. Michael goddamn Jordan. Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player who has ever lived, went through a four-year court battle that had to be settled in the Chinese Supreme Court to grant him trademark. Ivanka Trump, less than a year. Michael Jordan, a four-year battle. Tell me that it wasn't based on the fact that Donald Trump got elected president and then later she had dinner with the Chinese president. So China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs has responded to this. Mm -hmm. Their spokesman, Liu Kang, and he said that the government handles all trademark applications equally. Oh, yeah. He suggested some media were, quote, hyping certain gossip to hint at something undisclosed. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm hmm. So anyway. fake news, hashtag fake news right. was his statement. But uh, in this NPR article I'm reading, Peter Ribling, a trademark lawyer in Washington, D.C., disagrees with that statement. He says normally it takes 18 months to two years to have a trademark registration application issued. He looked into all trademark applications filed in China by Ivanka Trump's company. He says about a dozen were filed in the May-June timeframe of 2016 before the U.S. Uh, presidential election, quote. Which, what's interesting about these applications is they sailed through incredibly quickly compared to what is normal in China under normal trademark practices. When I look at this, the first thing I think is the Chinese government should be given a speeding ticket. I get whiplash looking at how fast these applications went by. Yeah, exactly. Now, here, here's the other thing is that directly after the election, Ivanka Trump applied for trademarks in the Philippines, Puerto Rico, Canada and the United States. 
Yeah, I wonder. Hmm. I wonder if she's going to go up, hit any roadblocks in her American trademark case. Right. Application. Mm-hmm. Fucking please. Just another, just another inst- instance of many, many of the Trumps benefiting financially from the presidency. That's not the way this is designed. She has an office in the in the West Wing. She has an official position in the White House. She might not be running the day-to-day, allegedly, but she's day-to-day making money mm-hmm. off of the goddamn thing. All right. Well, next up, something a little bit more near and dear to my heart, the military. As you know, we've been talking about North Korea and the threat they pose and all the fucking antics coming out of Kim Jong-un. And Donald Trump announced that the U.S. Navy was sending an armada, is the word he used, an armada of ships. To an North- armadillo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of ships to, to North Korea. Well, apparently, not only was it a lie, but the Pentagon took part in the what they're calling a miscommunication. So does this incident, uh, which is being blamed on miscommunication, undermine the trust that the American public needs to have uh, in the military and in the commander-in-chief, the president of the United States, or is this simply a, a little blunder? It certainly doesn't help, Wolf. You know, the one thing that American people and really the international world at large need from the president of the United States is a level of credibility uh, to ensure both our allies and our foes that when we speak, we mean it. Now, I happen to be um, in Japan and South Korea last week with some of my Republican and Democratic colleagues when the word came that they were sending the Carl Vinson to the Sea of Japan. Uh, it was happened while we were there. And I can tell you that it rattled a lot of people there uh, because no two countries are more vulnerable to a potential attack by North Korea than South Korea and Japan. And what this incident highlights, at least to me, is how important it is for us to reassure our allies that we will be there for them when they need us and that our word is our bond. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, the administration, you can't just write this off as a mistake. They can't afford to make mistakes like this. Well, did you and your Republican and Democratic colleagues when you were in Korea and Japan the other day, did you have any idea that this battle, this, this strike force, the Vincent strike force was actually moving closer towards Australia, away from the region, even as we were all given the impression it was moving towards the Korean peninsula? Did you have any clue at all that the statements were incorrect? None at all. And in fact, when we were there, we met with uh, the Prime Prime Minister Abe and we met with the foreign minister who is now the head of South Korea and a lot of other officials in the area, military people as well. And these these statements have consequences. When you say something is happening, these words come from the president of the United States and they are given in an atmosphere that is already fraught with a lot of tension, especially in the area we were uh, last last week. Uh, you can't make mistakes like that. So here, here's my problem. It, it kind of all surrounds lying versus shutting the fuck up. <laughs> now, Donald Trump came out and said that we were sending our quote-unquote arm, armada damn, uh, of ships into the, the Sea of Japan, mm-hmm. which is on the, the eastern coast of South and North Korea on the western coasts of Japan. 
And rather than distance themselves or just shut the fuck up about it, the Pentagon backed it up. Right. They agreed with it. Right. They bolstered the lie. That's not the job of the U.S. military. Mm-hmm. So rather than lie to the American people and lie to the world, just shut the fuck up. Don't say anything. This is a, this is a black eye, as far as I'm concerned, for Secretary of Defense Mattis. Not a not a good look. Well, I wonder what motivated it. I think it's they don't want to embarrass the president. Right, but why do they care? That's not their problem. If he is doing something dumb, saying something dumb, their job is to be factual and represent themselves to the best of their ability. They're not supposed to worry about him you, necessarily. You, you are right about all of that, except for the fact that the there's a different culture in the military. They, they are He is the commander-in-chief of the armed forces. It's a little hanky. Look, I've got a lot of friends who are active duty military right now, and I see a lot on Instagram and Facebook of people shitting on Donald Trump openly Mm -hmm. on their profiles. That was never something I was ever um, comfortable doing, Mm -hmm. and I served under Bill Clinton when I was an insane Republican. Right. And uh, I kind of had to keep my mouth shut, I felt. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that a lot now or from the people with whom I interact. Yeah. I don't see that. So I've always been under the understanding, even from my personal experience, that they, that's why I have this feeling that they should have just shut the fuck up. Well, yeah, it also seems to be conflating wild criticism and, hey, he was wrong about that. Yeah. You know, it's not, <laughs> you're not calling him a terrible name. It would be, oh, that's not a fact. Well, but my issue is that they participated in the lie. Right. Yeah. Knowing that that wasn't the case. If anybody knows where the strike group is with the Carl Vincent, the carrier, it's General Mattis. Mm-hmm. He fucking knows that it's not in the, 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 in the Sea of Japan. He knows that. He knows that it's 3,500 miles away steaming toward Australia. Well, there's also serious implications for what other countries now have to wonder about what the hell's going on over here. Right. Because, well, they look to us to figure out what's going on. Yeah, a lot of credibility issues. Especially with all the concerns surrounding North Korea. Which are very real concerns. And They matter. And now countries are left wondering... Well, again. Can we believe them? Right. Well, why? How did this happen? A miscommunication. What? This is yeah. a pretty significant miscommunication. Right. Is what they're saying true? Yeah. We thought that you were sending yes. someone to North Korea. We thought right. that was happening. Can we bank? That's serious. Can we bank on what Donald Trump and his military staff say? When the Secretary of Defense speaks, is his word bond? Yeah. I don't know now. I don't know. Right. And it's a bummer. Or is this another moment of incompetence? (laughs) One of many, Miss Brittany Page. Mm -hmm. One of many. It's the asshole of today. Alex Jones. Alex 
Jones. Now. Gay frog, Alex Jones. Gay frog. People who know Alex Jones and watch the videos will know what I'm talking about. Okay. He said that Obama's doing something to the water to make the frogs turn gay. Yeah. Because he's a fucking maniac. So here's another uh, guy who... (laughs) So Alex Jones has really been getting it handed to him. Right in the asshole. And... I, I kind of feel bad for him, too. Listen, I hate this guy. This is where I really struggle, because there's a side of me that says, fuck that guy, and then there's a side of me that really feels bad for him, because yeah, every- I think that there might be something severely wrong with him, you and, know? Well, okay, I see that. And, I was going to say, every time you start feeling bad for him, just think about all the bullshit about Sandy Hook. That's No, that's what really gets me, is... Fuck that guy because he <laughs> has convinced people and perpetuates that lie about Sandy Hook, and that really upsets me and and hurts me, hurts my heart. He's harming people. And then I saw some tweets today about how he was diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, and people are mocking him. And so then I start to feel bad for him. I wish I could just <laughs> well, let's talk be about a black and white kind of person. Let's right? talk about what's going on. He is in a custody battle for his kids. And his wife is claiming, ah, this guy's dangerous as fuck. And now his lawyer has come out and said, ah, nah, nah. He's just a character. Performance artist. He's a performance artist. Lawyer for an influential right-wing conspiracy theorist made a startling claim in court recently during a child custody case. He said that the radio rants of Alex Jones are just an act. Anna Werner is following this. Among Alex Jones's outrageous claims that the terrorist attacks on 9-11 were an inside job. The whole thing is a black hole of lies. In 2014, he called the Newtown Massacre, where Adam Lanza killed 20 children, fake. The official story of Sandy Hook has more holes in it. Swiss cheese. Yet his radio and Infowars internet videos have drawn millions of fans, including a certain New Yorker. And on my way here, Donald Trump gave me a call. Your reputation's amazing. I will not let you down. You will be very, very uh, impressed, I hope. Not only that, President Trump has echoed some of Jones's claims, says New York Times media writer Jim Rutenberg. When, When President Trump said that the mainstream press is covering up terrorist attacks to, you know, cover for Islamists. That was directly out of Alex Jones. When President-elect Trump raised the possibility that some three million people voted illegally, that had been on Infowars. But now his own lawyer suggests Jones shouldn't be taken at his word. His comments came during Jones' custody battle over his kids. According to one report, attorney Randall Wilhite said Jones is playing a character on his radio show, that he's actually a performance artist. Today, Jones defended himself this way. You know, I am an actor. We're all actors, but I believe in what I stand for. But Rutenberg says questions about Jones could raise some for Mr. Trump, too. We've never seen a president embrace a conspiracy theorist like Alex Jones before, let alone talk to him on the phone or mimic some of the reporting from said conspiracy theorist. 
We reached out to Jones for comment, but he and his lawyer told us they're prevented from speaking by a gag order in that custody case, Scott. <laughs> and Warner, thanks. <laughs> sure they are. Of course, it's his livelihood. Now he sells fucking supplements, goddamn vitamins. Roger Stone, close, Trump, confidant, is always on the show. Claims to take the supplements too. Listen, Alex Jones is an influential figure in this new media landscape. When Brittany and I went to the Trump rally here locally in Orange County, we talked to several people who were there because they saw Trump and heard Trump on InfoWars. So he's a dangerous guy. But he's also asshole today. Yeah, and... Hearing the president of the United States tell Alex Jones that he has a great reputation is quite shocking. Yeah. Oh, you could be really proud. Today, while I was driving home from work, I saw a truck that had an InfoWars bumper sticker and thought to myself, isn't it time to take that down? (laughs) Yeah. Come on, guy. Also, a Hillary for prison sticker. So that's. Was there a Kim Weaver psychic sleuth? There was sticker. Not. No, there oh, was okay. not. Yeah, just wondering. Well, maybe they weren't from Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> so Alex Jones also sounds like a professional wrestler. His voice. Yeah. How yeah. can anyone listen to that guy? Listen, when I see him talk, uh, we've never really talked about him on the show, but he he has this weird mouth thing, this jaw thing that he does that I've only seen people who were like former cokeheads. Or former meth addicts where they, they their jaw shifts around and they do weird stuff with their mouth. Mm-hmm. If you've ever known a tweaker, um, he, he, I get that vibe. So the reason that we haven't talked about Alex Jones on the show is because conspiracy theorists are number one on my list of people that I generally avoid having conversations with. Yeah. And I know that's kind of a bummer. Because I should talk to everybody. Yeah, but there's, there's no way. There, it's not a productive conversation. But they are the most frustrating people to talk to because they don't care about facts. Their evidence is. Well, there is no evidence. Yeah, there's it's all no circumstantial. evidence. It's, well, it's speculation. Fake, fake Photoshop videos. They think that yeah, they yeah. think that bloody children are like covered in ketchup or something. It's, it's very strange. Well, it's always. Man, I, just open your eyes, man. Oh, you fucking sheeple. It's it's all the same shit. <laughs> it's that guy. Yeah. Who calls people sheeple. Well, they watched Zeitgeist or whatever and, <laughs> in like 2000. And they haven't updated their... Oh, yeah. Their, Goddamn. I totally forgot about Zeitgeist. What year was that? Uh, I, I fucking don't know. 2001? I don't know. Well, that just brought back some memories. <laughs> Which Zeitgeist, by the way, has been updated several times, just like Loose Change. Oh, it has? Yeah, every oh. time something's like, oh, that's not really accurate. Okay, we'll take it out. We're going to stick with the the whole premise, but we're going to tweak it. And that's Loose Change has been updated several times when something gets definitively proved wrong. Mm-hmm. Obviously, easily disproved, they take it out and update the video. Look, if, if your theory's right, it's right. I mean, anyway. Asshole today. Well, when you said they update the information, I I was surprised. I thought, oh, they're saying that they were wrong? No, they're taking out the... 
No, it's like Nostradamus, uh, Nostradamus uh, predictions. Uh-huh. When something, when one of the predictions doesn't come true, they just revise the book and re-release it. Perfect. Yeah, same kind of shit. Exactly the same kind of shit. So Alex Jones is just in the news right now, but the reason that he's the asshole of today is because of the lies that he spreads, the misinformation. And now he's trying to back out of it and claim that he was just joking this whole time. Well, too late because all of your viewers are not joking and they're on the internet terrorizing people. Yes. Terrorizing the parents that lost their babies and Sandy Hook. And the families who lost their loved ones on 9-11. And accusing them of lying. So that is sick. These yeah. Sandy Hook parents, they get terrorized by these people. Yeah, And absolutely. it's disgusting. They get phone calls. They get emails. They get harassed. It's unbelievable. And that is at the hands of Alex Jones. Asshole today. So I'm back on the fence of not feeling sorry for him right now. <laughs> but you're, if I read off. a tweet. You're off the fence. If I read a tweet that rubs me the wrong way, I'll be back to feeling a little sorry for that guy. Okay? Because I'm all over the place right now. Taking care of biz. So I almost forgot who was taking care of biz. Just I know now. you just you threw your hands up like, what is this? Yeah, but <laughs> but now I remember because I was reading this story and I was in the library at school and I started getting emotional because it's this twelve-year-old girl and I know we have a clip, but this grown man gets into her vehicle while her mom is outside of the car helping someone that was just in a crash. He was in a crash. Yeah, he was in the crash. And he gets in this car and he's a grown man and he has a full beard. He's scary. He's a man. And she's this 12-year-old girl and he's going to take the car and she just launches into action. Stopping a carjacker in their tracks was the only thing on this 12-year-old girl's mind when a James City County man tried to steal her mom's car with her little sister inside. I just went for it. Like, nothing passed my mind except he's a psycho and he needs to get out of the car. Maddie Wheeler and her 7-year-old sister Molly were on their way to Bush Gardens with their mom on Saturday when they witnessed an accident on the corner of John Taylor Highway and Green Springs Road. We saw the car crash happen right before us. Maddie's mom pulled over to help, but while she was on the phone with 911, she says the man who caused the accident, Paul Salzman, approached her van with her two girls inside. I could see him going towards the van and I'm screaming. Both police and Maddie say the suspect came up to the vehicle, reached in through the window, unlocked the car, and climbed in. Police say he tried to take off, but Maddie was ready for a fight. And I put the car in drive, because that's a safety feature on the van, as I put it in drive and held it there and just started punching him and every and screaming as loud as I could. Maddie's little sister Molly was able to make it out of the vehicle. I thought that he was going to take us. And watched as her older sister gave Salzman a beat down. It was amazing <laughs> because she has never done that. Maddie hails from a family of police officers and firefighters. Her parents say they had gone over situations like this numerous times with their children. If anybody ever tries to take you, um, you know, kick, scream, bite, hit, gouge out their eyes, whatever you have to do. But even her father says Maddie's decision to throw the car and drive to keep the engine from starting surprised him. This could have been an Amber Alert had it not been for her thinking. Maddie suffered a fractured growth plate in her wrist for her bravery. 
Oh yeah, it hurts. But her message to young girls is clear. Never, ever give up. 12-year-old Maddie Wheeler taking action and getting results. I got, look, I got to criticize the coverage there. It's not taking action and getting results. It's taking care of biz, goddammit. Yeah. She's um, clearly taking care of biz. She's amazing. I, uh, I'm getting emotional again, but think of being a 12 year old girl yeah and you're sitting in this car and a man gets in a man that you don't know and he's clearly trying to take this car and your your baby sister's in the car and she just didn't even think twice and started punching this guy this man yeah well in the face the other thing is the uncertainty of, well this is an adult is he supposed to be here is he is he like moving the car around to get it off the road i mean there's all kinds of questions that would be running through a 12-year-old's mind. Right. And she took decisive action. Yeah, well, he didn't look like someone who was just going to be moving the car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he did. He doesn't. He, he's... Yeah, he didn't get in the driver's seat. And it, her thought wasn't, this guy's going to make some good decisions right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was just concern. Wild concern for what was going on. This guy's going to make some good decisions. (laughs) But I just, she broke her hand. The growth plate in her wrist. Yeah, smashing this guy in his face, a grown man. And then she knew to put it in drive. I wouldn't have known to do that. That's amazing. Yeah, I would have been overwhelmed. Yeah, taking care of biz. Yeah, amazing. Pretty great. Maddie Wheeler. Maddie Wheeler. Awesome. Virginia. And she's inspiring other young girls. Going to Bush Gardens. Yeah, hopefully they got to go. I don't think so. <laughs> no? Nah, I But they should be able to go for freight. Yes. Yeah, Bush Gardens. Yeah. Everybody should tweet Bush Gardens to get this little girl some tickets. Yeah. Some goddamn tickets to the very boring Bush Gardens. She gave a beat down. <laughs> All right, everybody. We love you. We appreciate you. We're going to leave you there if you'd like to communicate with the show. Like always, the number is 657-464. 7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Keep in mind, if you are a patron on Patreon and you have not yet updated from being a per-episode patron to a monthly patron, go on in there. We're at the end of the month. We'd love to see you update your information. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll get to those emails that we missed this time on the next show. We love you guys. You are the best. And we'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Okay, I don't think it's going to be something to hurt me, but I don't know their lo- how many cats do they have. <laughs>